Yeah, we live. It's Andres back with another episode of Zanelli Talks, the podcast for uncommon people. And I'm really excited for this episode, man. This is this episode is with one of my good friends, a brother, someone who I call family, my friend Aaron Requeña, someone who I always have good conversations with, to be honest. We always, we, we, we be talking and be like, man, this needs to be on the podcast. So we finally did it, put three cameras up, got some whiskey, poured it up, and just started talking. And we talk about all kinds of things. Talk about his recent zine that he released, creating the creating process of everything. You know, about the Lakers, Kobe Bryant's legacy, music, why he thinks Drake doesn't have a classic album. I know. <laughs> so we gonna get into it, man. No further ado. This is episode 12, Zanelli Talks Podcast. All right, baby, let's go. One, now we're live with Aaron Requeña, a.k.a. Lord of the Land, a.k.a. Aaron Prime, a.k.a. Big Trash. That is his rap name. What's up, Aaron? It's a lot of aliases. I know. How do you keep up with it? Do you have like multiple social securities? Like, um, what, what's the what's the process like with that? I just kind of invent one every day and just hope they stick. You know, what's baby the, boy, you can't forget that one. Baby boy is that's the OG. I was gonna yeah. actually save that one. I was gonna <laughs> sprinkle that in about at the five minute mark. Okay. You beat me to it. <laughs> Might as well call this Kenya Talks because this is your podcast now. What's up, buddy? Chilling, How are you doing? It's good to have you on here. We've been talking about this one for a minute. Mm-hmm. We always have good conversations, and now it's in front let's of just, cameras. Now it's just like let's get three cameras and some lights rolling, <laughs> some whiskey in our hand, and let's just drink. This is either gonna be like the most insightful talk or mm-hmm. like a complete shit show. I haven't decided yet. I know, and as many of you know, Aaron talks a lot, and um, <laughs> so this is gonna be an easy podcast to do. He's just gonna keep talking and talking and talking. But um, you know, I th- I think one thing I I want I want to start with is just. You know, when, when you have the Clippers and you have the Lakers oh, no. and you just you got both and they play in the same stadium and it's just like, you know, who do you go for? Um, you know, That's I'm not a, even going to make a joke here because I was thinking of all the jokes I can make. Yeah. I'm going to just say I'm a Lakers fan. You're a Lakers fan. At that. OK, you're a Lakers fan. How long have you been a Lakers fan? Legitimately, since I was like five years old, five years old. Yeah. And how old are you now? 25 years Shit, old. and they say we won't go make, make, it, make past it past 25. 25. Oh, <laughs> 25 now. That's what's up. And you just had a birthday? Yeah. Well, you just turned 25? Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, Tuesday. Yep. And it was like a birthday party mixed with a zine like release, a release yeah. and everything because you do that. You're an artist, for Something those like of that. you who don't know. Um, well, you do also sell makeup. That's what I primarily do. Mary mm. Kay, Avon. You started doing flat tummy tea. Flat tummy tea. Flat tummy tea. The hair gummies are kind of on the side. I was on that, and then I was like, <laughs> they're not paying me enough. Yeah. So I got to step back. But like... For all you guys, we're just fucking around. <laughs> we're honestly fucking around, obviously. Now, Aaron's a photographer, and you know, you, you made this cool this is a zine right here. Yeah. I'm trying my best. Yeah. You got the shirt on, I see. Yeah. Yep. You just, it is a huge um, commercial. <laughs> walking and billboard yes sir yes sir no man i fucking love you man you are super creative one of my best friends and i want to talk about let's talk about this first like okay. the, this recent zine that you made what does it mean i'm trying my best what does trying my best mean to you so i think it came for me at this time of like feeling like i was working on a lot of other projects hmm. for other people with other people that weren't necessarily what i wanted to be doing at the moment mm-hmm. 
And I think I want to start the year just being like, well, what do I want to do? What's a project that I want to be like my passion project and put everything into it? And uh, even the title just comes from like, I feel like as creatives, a lot of the time, like, we're kind of in the art of like comparisons, if you think about it. Like, sure. we're good. We do something in a very public forum right. and everyone is entitled to their opinions and comparison is just a part of that. Mm-hmm. So for me, the way that I kind of like deflect those thoughts mm-hmm. is just being like, well, who cares what everyone else is doing? Like if I'm doing my best and whatever I'm doing, then like I could be cool with that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not even just like a creative thought. That's just like a life thought is like, I just have to run my own race and, yeah, and be cool with whatever happens. Cool. that's kind of the message behind everything cool cool mm-hmm. and you've been running your race for a minute for a while yeah man <laughs> yeah. and it's just like this is like what you love to do yeah for yeah. sure i mean i definitely my my thing i always say is like i just make stuff i don't like to put a title as like i'm a photographer i'm whatever i just like to make anything that is true and for me like this is not even like i don't really think of it as like a photo book like there were so many things in the process of making that where it was like, yeah, I could have just put like all the photos full spread and just mm-hmm. let everyone look at the photos. But it's like, no, I wanted to make the best product. If that meant like playing with the design so like the photos are small but the mm-hmm. layout looks better or whatever, like that was what was important to me. It's mm-hmm. just to make the best overall book. And um, I'm happy with it. I definitely think we did everything we set out to do. Yeah. It's a good feeling. I think it's great. I think and it's a lot different than your previous one. It's oh, yeah. smaller. It's like half mm-hmm. the size. The fu- like what was the process like of like I'm going to make this one a little bit more bite size like it's cute. Mm-hmm. You know so, what I'm saying? It's a little cutie. Um <laughs> my homie <laughs> my homie who designed that uh Claudio Rodriguez like he's fucking insane. Okay. Like that Claudio. man knows his shit. Shout out. And so when we were just sitting down figuring out exactly how we wanted to do it, he came with the idea of like well, let's make it truly like a coffee table book, yeah. you know? And I feel like that's just kind of the inspiration for the size is being like, just something that you can have on your table and be like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. Rather than being like, me take out this massive thing and flip through it. It's kind of just like a, yeah. oh, wow, like this is really cool. And that's kind of how it came about. Cool. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned before, man, like you aren't, you do just make stuff. Like you aren't just a photographer. It's mm-hmm. just like one of your hats that you wear. Yeah. You know, you... Like we said, you sell makeup. Uh, you know, you take photos, make mm-hmm. videos, mm-hmm. make music. Yeah. And you make friends. Ah, yeah. You see what I did there? <laughs> the little sprinkles. Oh, With man. the left hand. Yeah, man. Nah, so like, that's cool. Like, what, what, like, um, I don't know, man. I, we've been friends for a couple of years and I don't think I've yeah. asked you this, but like, what got you into like just wanting to like make shit and just like, hey, I want to express myself? Because that's, mm-hmm. that, that requires a lot of courage to like make shit and then put it out in the world and have it judged and be yeah. like, you know, like, th- I like this. I never Do you guys like it too? What brought me to that point? I yeah. just know that throughout like my whole life, it's always been a different medium at a different time. Yeah. So like when I was, you know, young, five, six, seven, I wanted to draw everything. Mm-hmm. And then, when, yeah, right? I feel like that's every kid is, like, the first thing is, like, get some colored pencils, get some crayons, some paint, and you want to mm-hmm. make visual art like mm-hmm. that. And I think I grew from that to when I got closer to high school, like, wanting to make music, and that mm-hmm. was my whole thing. Like, everyone that I went to school with was like, oh, Aaron makes music. Like, that's him. Mm-hmm. And once I kind of evolved from that, then it all became about, like, photo and video and that's kind of what feeds me right now but like in a couple years like who knows you know Mm -hmm. i don't know where it's gonna go but i just enjoy 
always making something. Mm-hmm. You enjoy the process? Yeah. That's cool, man. And you get to meet a lot of cool people along the way. That's the best part, honestly. Yeah. Who's the coolest person you met besides me? <laughs> um, Damn, that's tough. <laughs> that's a tough like, question, huh? I feel like I've become, like, genuine friends with so many people. Dude, you really like, have, man. That party that you fucking had recently, like, you had a lot of people show up. Mm-hmm. Man, that shit was in Glendale. It's out of the <laughs> way for some people. Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't know. I think those are true testaments to, like, all right, yeah, I can have clout or whatever online. I can get likes and everything, but mm-hmm. who's going to show up in person? Mm-hmm. And for me, like, that's you know? kind of the main reason why I do, like, like parties or anything mm-hmm. like that, not just to, like, celebrate, but just to be surrounded by all these people that I've known from, like, so many different aspects. Like, yeah. I had people there that I've known since I was, like, five, mm-hmm. and then I have people there that I've known since, like, as early as, like, last year, mm-hmm. and, like, the love is the same, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like that doesn't happen a lot. You're just consistent, bro. I think you're just like, you You do, I've met your childhood friends and they have nothing mm-hmm. but great things to say about you. Um, I can't say the same about you to them. And talk <laughs> shit, you know what I'm saying? No, but like, you do have friends where it's just like, yo, I just met you six months ago. I just mm-hmm. met you there. And you're just like, you're just a dope person, man. That's why I had to have you on here. And um, I think like the party was a good example. I remember I was in there and I was just looking around. I was like, man, this is dope. And you love throwing parties for your birthdays, too. That's the only time. Yeah. 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 You like just getting people together and just yeah. hanging out. I feel like, especially with this one, like, I didn't even really think about it in the context of, like, oh, this is for my birthday. Mm-hmm. For me, this one was more so, like, I'm making something that's kind of like an offering to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And Okay. And, and like, you offered the magazine. Yeah and, yeah. and just, like, having the photos around and having everyone just be able to, like, connect or whatever you're going through you forget about it for like however many hours you're there and mm-hmm. that's kind of the point of everything yeah man it was successful thank you it was successful and um well you know speaking of success when, when you hear the word success mm-hmm. right what does success mean to you that definition has changed for me recently yeah, really i feel like for me it used to used to be defined by like what i was gonna do creatively who i was gonna work with what level of like just like who, just like that that thing where you're just like, if I work with this company or this person, that's when I feel like I'm gonna think that I made it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, like, I don't care about any of that at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it's more so like, how many people are you making a difference to? How many lives are you impacting? When you're not here anymore, what are they gonna say about you? Because they're like gonna anything. forget anything else that you did, who you worked with, what you what you had, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Did you give anyone something memorable? Did you tell someone some advice that's going to, like, carry them into the future? Mm-hmm. And I feel like for me, that is kind of how I look at legacy now, as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, everything else is just going to come and go. You know? So it's like, that's, like, kind of your North Star right now? It's mm-hmm. just, like, legacy. Like, what mm-hmm. am I going to leave behind? What kind of impression? For what kind sure. of impact am I going to give people, like, who I meet? Mm-hmm. Right? Not just, Definitely. like, yeah. Like, even just, like, with my work, mm-hmm. I feel like I've taken more of an approach of, like, does this mean anything to me? Because if it doesn't, then what am I doing? You mm-hmm. know? And that's not to say that every project you work on is going to be the Mona Lisa. But it's just to say, like, are you putting something into it that you're proud of at the end of it? Yeah, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. I th- and I think so many people get lost in that these days where they just kind of want to put shit out just mm-hmm. to put shit out. Maybe put shit out because it's going to be with this person. Mm-hmm. It has this name attached to it, this collab and everything. And yeah, man, it seems like you got some good North Stars, you know? No, I do. I feel like I was that person at one point, though, where I was, like, 
not for any other reason that I've just always been like a very eager creative. It's like I make something, I want to put it out right away. I mean, and then I got to a point where I'm like, okay, but am I giving it enough time that I'm mm-hmm. making it to the best that it can be, mm-hmm. or is it just like a factory at that point where you're just pumping out stuff? And I don't really want to be a factory. Mm-hmm. I want to be like a quality creative. Quality creative. Yeah, that's all. Stamped. Stamped. Quality creative. <laughs> When, well, okay, so when you think of successful people, who are successful people in your eyes? Like, who are some of your North Stars that inspire you? Mm. Um, people that you just look at and you're like, man, that's a successful person right there. That's someone that I would probably, like, follow in their, mm-hmm. not in their footsteps, so to say, but just, mm-hmm. like, their examples that they've set, the paths that they've set for their careers, or just how they lead yeah. their life. I think one of the first people that comes to mind for me is Kid Cudi. Like, I'm a huge for Kid sure. Cudi fan. I, mean, I already knew that was coming. I yeah. love Cudi. Cudi, man. And I feel like just his whole thing where, like, he always says, like, his mission statement from day one is to, like, make kids not feel alone, stop mm-hmm. kids from committing suicide, and just, like, what he does means a lot to him. Yeah. And that's definitely one of the first people that come to mind. Another person that comes to mind, uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. Because he just does whatever the fuck he wants. You Multifaceted. Know? Like, yeah, he could just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to make a film, and the next day I'm going to make an album, and yeah. no one's going to tell him he can't Mm-mm. because he does everything to such a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, okay, I'm gonna break real real quick. He is almost like a slept on version. I don't want to say version, but like, all right. So Kanye is given this plaque of like, man, he's so multifaceted. He could do this, this, and this, and this. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like Donald Glover does that mm-hmm. to a T without so much of the controversy mm-hmm. and all. And he does it a little. Not I'm gonna. I'm not gonna compare. Mm-hmm. But you feel me on that? Like you I feel, feel me like on that? He picked up a torch from Kanye at a for point. sure. Like Kanye is definitely like the father of of that certain lane yeah. group and he got to a point and Donald Glover was like let me further it and kind, kind of sharpen the sword on it sharpen it, it yeah. I feel like where he's at as opposed to where Kanye's at and it's not a dig because I fucking love Kanye but he's oh, just at a more tasteful point right yeah, now to me for sure and um maybe Kanye's more of miss. like the, the the pioneer that's like I'm gonna just fucking go over that mountain <clears throat> and see what's over there mm-hmm. And then he's like the trailblazer, but it's like messy. It's like mm-hmm. scribbling out of the lines. Me and my brother talk about this a lot. How yeah. like one person kind of like forms the path mm-hmm. and then people further it. And, and in a mm. lot of ways, sometimes do it better. We talk about that with music a lot. Like an example of, is like, okay, you have to say that Kanye is one of the forefathers of his lane of music. For sure. Then after him comes probably like Cudi was the person that took a lot from Kanye. Yeah. And then after Cuddy comes Travis Scott. So if you think about it, Travis is an offspring of Kanye, but not directly. He's an offspring of an offspring. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the way that I look at that. He's a grandchild too. of Kanye. Yeah. It's but like, technically, he's like the brother-in-law. Yeah, it's like the same thing with like <laughs> Lil Wayne is like Yo. one of the, the fathers, right? And then after that I like comes, this, comes Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and after that, it comes Young Thug. You can't have like Gunna and Lil Baby and all those guys without Young Thug, but they're all offshoots of Wayne. You know what I mean? Like... Who is your hip hop rap Mount Rushmore? Oh, like fuck. the go to the and it's look it's subject. Hey, everyone listening, fuck your opinion. You're not on this podcast. I'm just kidding. But okay, look, it's your opinion. It's mm. a, no, there's no right or wrong answer, but sometimes there are wrong answers. So please don't let me down. Put Jay Z up there. Oh, of course. Okay, Jay-Z's so Jay Z. Okay, that's, that's okay, Jay Z's on there. Some people just don't know. Mm. Okay, Jay Z's up there for me. Okay, and that one doesn't need any explanation. No explanation. He's the goat. Kanye's up there for me okay. because I feel like his run of like his first six albums. I don't know anyone else who had six great albums. Yeah, I know, man. Like it's really hard to beat that. I, I can't not 
put him. And he's probably the one yeah. of the biggest reasons I became a creative to begin with. Yeah. Um, I put Kendrick up there because I do think that by the end of his career, Kendrick will be the best rapper of all time. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to disagree with his rapping mm-hmm. ability. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one for me is kind of a curveball. Okay. Because okay. if you look at discography, you might not see it. But if you look at impact, um, just like flow style lyrics. Okay. Andre 3000 is up there for me. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot. doesn't have a lot out there. But he like, doesn't. But you know what? I think I feel like this Mount Rushmore is ma- mostly who's impacted you mm-hmm. the most. And he's yeah. like one of the... He doesn't get enough credit for the impact he's had on music. Absolutely not. Because he's more of like a low-key, like, I'm just behind the curtains. I'm going to mm-hmm. pop out and just sprinkle in some shit mm-hmm. and just fuck all y'all up type of dude. <laughs> and then go away. Yeah, and then go away so we yeah. forget about him in today's yeah. day and age. It's like who's seen the most yeah. is like who's winning. Um... But yeah, I mean, all those th- those are those are ghosts right there for yeah. sure. Like I, I'd have Jay Z up there. I'd have Ye. I'd have Fifty, mm. and then I'd have, like, I'd have Dr. Dre because Dr. Dre, like, like I want to put K Dot, but like Dr. Dre influenced, um, Ice Cube, mm-hmm. right? He brought N.W.A., Ice Cube, Eminem, Fifty Cent, Kendrick. That's true. Like he brought his so line, like the, yeah. Snoop, like his umbrella runneth mm-hmm. over, and it's just like that's true. Ooh, Fifty Cent might have the best debut he does album i've ever heard in my life yeah for sure i mean that's Get like Richard, a, that's an instant classic that's that's a top 10 album yeah of yeah, life yeah. yeah like if you don't if you don't listen to that album i can't date you as a girl <laughs> like i'm just saying like if you don't listen to get richard i trying i can't date you i was listening to little wayne on the way here and i was just thinking about how like disrespected little wayne gets and i was like yeah I was like, man, like, I get it that after a point, like, he wasn't the same. But, like, don't forget that Lil Wayne was, like, non-debatably the hottest rapper on the planet. For sure, for, for like, a three couple years. years. For, like, two, three years. Yeah. For, like, two, three years. For yeah. sure. Like, like back to back. Mm-hmm. Like, he had he had repeats. And it wasn't even, like, close. It's just that when he got a guitar and jumped on the mic, <laughs> like, it, I got lost right there. But, like, yeah. come on, man. Like, mixtape Wheezy, like, come on. Mm-hmm. And also, like, hip-hop is the one genre where, we're like... You're not, people are afraid when you try and take things in a different direction. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. It was ahead of its time, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we got Young Thug. Young Thug. Young Thug that just came for Barter. I fucking love Young he Thug. He fucking came through and he was like, Barter <laughs> 5, what a dick. I love Young Thug, though. Yeah. Young Thug um, is another one that when he's done, like, people are gonna realize how impactful he is. I was listening to fucking Thug this morning. I literally mm-hmm. was driving, starting my morning with some Thug, and I was like, <laughs> I think more people should start their mornings with Thug, and mm-hmm. like the world would run a little smoother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was listening to a little baby track, mm. a little baby mm-hmm. off his new track or his new his new tape. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, okay, since we're on the topic of music, mm-hmm. the, I mean, this is an important question that people want to know, man. <laughs> I feel like does, I know where this is does, going. Does Drake have a classic <laughs> album? So this is an opinion that I'm willing to fucking <laughs> die on a hill for, it. and I feel like I have to preface Tell it by em. saying like. I fucking love Drake. I'm Tell a big him. Drake fan. But the man does not have a classic album. Oof. And he doesn't because he doesn't have to. Oof. Drake is not... Drake's formula is not to put out a no. great body top to bottom. A great body of work top to bottom. Drake's formula is I'm going to give you hit after hit after hit. Yeah. And we are not going to measure Drake's career in the end by like albums. We're going to measure it by like, look how many times this man charted and had number ones. Yeah, and I feel like I say that, and people lose their fucking minds. Ugh. Some would say that "Take Care" is classic. Some would say "Nothing Was the Same" is classic. What is your criteria of classic? Because I want, I want, I want to get this known. 
before there's people throw things. apples at there's you. There's a few things. I feel like for me, your discography gets directly compared to who are your contemporaries at the time, right? Yeah. So for Drake, the natural ones that come up, Kendrick and Cole. Yeah. Do I think Take Care is a great album? Yeah. Do I think it's better than any of the strongest Kendrick albums? Absolutely no. not. They teach, Pulit- they teach college classes on, on Kendrick albums. Like, he won a Pulitzer Prize, you know? Yeah, that man fucking won a prize, bro. Yeah. Dude, Didn't win an award. He won a prize. He won a prize. <laughs> I got a prize-winning album. <laughs> bro, that's, that's different. Like some, that's different. That's different. Does, does, does he have... Is his top album better than the top J. Cole albums? To me, no. Wait, does, does Cole have a classic? I think he has two. I think he has Forest Hill Drive and KOD. KOD is an undisputed. And KOD then brings me to the next criteria. Did you make a project that had a cultural impact? Mm. KOD did. Mm-hmm. Forest Hills did. Mm-hmm. To Pimp a Butterfly, Good Kid, Mad City, Damn. Damn. Damn is like, come on, bro. You can listen to that shit. He literally re-released it in reverse and it still made sense. There's cohesion bro. there. There's planning there. As opposed to Drake, it's like... Yeah, I'm gonna put on this album. There's gonna be like hit, yeah, forgettable song, forgettable song, hit, hit, forgettable. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like it's not fair to say he's in that same vein, album wise. Now, if we're gonna have the conversation about numbers, sales, I mean, it charts, takes a cake. easy, it takes a cake. easy. Yeah, of course, of course. And um, is he a fuckboy? No, Drake's <laughs> not a fuckboy. <laughs> we like Drake out here. I listen to Drake daily. Yeah. There's people that probably like stop the podcast at this point, shaking their fists. If you made it this far into the podcast, I love you. <laughs> Subscribe. Leave a good review. We love Drake. Um, we, we do love Drake. I, I, I fuck with Drake. I yeah. think he's done a lot for the culture. And he's, obvi- yeah. he's arguably the hottest rapper for the last decade. Like mm-hmm. he owned the whole decade. Obviously. I think Drake has probably had the biggest cultural impact as as an artist, artist, as a hip hop artist, but not because of his albums. Yeah, it's not albums. Like you're right. Like he just he'll come through and he'll drop like zero to one hundred. Like zero mm-hmm. to hundred alone made more impact than someone's album. Oh, for sure. Than like people's album who dropped that same time. Easy. You know what I'm saying? Easy. Obviously, um, things have changed now because I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> um, sorry for any audio listeners. I put glasses on that look like Aaron's. Uh, okay. Did let's, you know I was gonna wear my glasses? No, I did it. I did it. But these, are, I just got these for like the LED, like blue light shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. like my eyes are straining, and I was doing a lot of computer work. You're gonna sleep well too. I'm gonna sleep well. I want to sleep like a baby. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just my my three goals this year are to eat well, mm-hmm. train well, and sleep like a baby. Those are good goals. Those are three goals. Good That's good it. Goals. Being a good person. Eh. <laughs> It's like top 10. Top 10? Not even number 4 or 5? Not even 4 or 5. Damn. Yeah. Dress well. It's 4. Mm. Flexibility is 5. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Jokes aside, I want to... Okay, so I want to ask you, like, when you were in high school, mm-hmm. freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, like, just any year and everything, like, who's Aaron Rack? Who okay. are you? What, what kind of this student? What kind of guy? So I would say the first two years of high school... Well, the first four, I would say. Or all four. Um, basketball was my life. Like, that's that's all I wanted to do. And the first two years of school, high school, I wasn't a good student at all. I really just didn't care to be, um, which is bad. But for me, I guess that's not where my brain was. That's not where my focus was. Mm. For whatever reason, I couldn't tell you the answer. Um, 
And then I feel like after that is when I was like, well, why don't I just like apply myself to what I'm doing? You know what I mean? There's a difference between when you're not capable of doing something and when you don't want to do something. Yeah, like you just weren't giving it your And own. I just didn't want to. Yeah. And so I was like, man, let me get this together. Let me figure that out. Basketball was still a huge part of my life. And that's like where a lot of my focus was. But in those last two years, I feel like that's when I kind of flipped over more to the creative side of being like, okay, what do I see myself doing long term? What has always been the thing I find myself going back to? And that's when I kind of focus in on that. I feel like as a person, I was definitely, I became a better version of what I was. Like, I don't feel like I've changed at my core, but I feel like I've learned lessons. I feel like I've become more mature, but I feel like I've always been kind of the same, just like, very even keeled, very mm-hmm. like principle centered. Yeah, like yeah, good dude. Those are things that I feel like I've always been, and um, it's just being better at them as years go on. You know, that's cool. Yeah. But I feel like I didn't. I don't know. I just I think I was afraid to apply myself in a lot of things when I was that age. I think that um, I was afraid to try my best. Yeah. No, I'm not. Now you're not. No, I'm not. Now you're not afraid to try your best. I love that. Yeah. I love that, actually. Yeah, yeah, man. That's cool. Trying your best. And you know what? That's one of the four agreements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's like my favorite that. book. Yeah, I just read that like right before I became, I, like was ready to do this project. And Is that, that was, what kind of influenced stuck. it? Like, oh, it's just, mm-hmm. was that like the standalone? In, I think like, so. like, like that, the, out of the four, that mm-hmm. was the one that stood out? I think so, yeah. That's good, man. I, I remember, I that one comes out to me a lot when I'm like working out mm-hmm. or in the gym because at least like prominently. Because I'm like, dude, like sometimes I go in there, I'm just like, I don't feel the best right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just tone it down and like I'm going to do my best at 60% because mm-hmm. I'm 60% capable right now. Does mm-hmm. that, that make sense? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's a I, good, that's a good book. Yeah. Anyone? Read read Four Agreements. Yes. Seriously. It's a good I, fucking book. I feel like a lot of people are at a place where they're like f- afraid to try because they're not sure if it's going to be enough for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times my fear was kind of the opposite of like I'm not trying because I'm afraid that I will be able to do what I want to do mm-hmm. and I know that sounds backwards mm-hmm. but I feel like sometimes you can be afraid of what you know you're capable of you know mm-hmm. and I feel like that was something that kind of sandbagged myself for a long time sandbagged yeah yeah I like that it's weird. I've, I've, I've had that feeling I've had that feeling of like knowing my potential and knowing where I can take things and kind of being afraid to go there because mm-hmm. it would change my current environment mm-hmm. and like i was like oh i love my life it's like fuck it's gonna change it mm-hmm. but then when i started realizing like change is the only constant change is the only thing that's gonna actually keep mm-hmm. changing right. uh, you know you gotta roll with it and adapt with it and i started embracing change and just like I, I speaking for myself i'm just so like fortunate to where i can like really embrace change like I, I never really recognize it until i like have conversations with people that like mm-hmm. kind of avoid it and therefore they, they lower their standards of operation mm-hmm. but like man i fucking like i embrace change Same. a lot you I know what i'm like saying i've come to a point where like i love new things i love yeah. something being different than it was yesterday like I, I know you're very routine with like your everyday stuff and i yeah. feel like that's something that i aspire for but i yeah. also love knowing that each day is going to kind of bring something different in a way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if I get in a loop of knowing that I'm going to do the same thing every day, mm-hmm. it's not motivating for me. And I start to feel like complacent. Yeah. And I just love everything just being different, you know? I like that. 
I, and, and I'm definitely a routine. I'm a morning guy. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like, for sure. Like, I like my morning routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, okay, so you know what? Um, morning routine to me is very important, right? Mm-hmm. But last year when I was living with you. So, guys, last year I crashed at Aaron's place, like, for how many months? I don't even remember. Honestly. Like, it was, like, on and off. But, like, I'd say, yeah. like, collectively, probably, like, two and a half, three months. Probably. Probably, like, you know, like, maybe two and like, a half like or something. Two, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron was the landlord, a.k.a. <laughs> Lord of the Land. That's what I'd call him. And uh, that was so dope, by the way. Cool. That, yeah, that was cool, man. I appreciated that. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I feel like there were so many, like, great talks and great, just, like, hanging out. Just came the from. energy. Yeah. It, was, it was just fun. Yeah. And um, so, something was that, like, my, my routine was disrupted. Mm-hmm. During that time, for no reason other than my own, like, I guess, like, it was my own choice, because I just didn't want to, like, impose too much, so I was just like, all right, um, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to just, like, brush my teeth and, like, leave. Mm-hmm. And, I like, remember bef- there was mornings I'd wake up, and you were just out, and I'm like, wait. Yeah, well, because you'd wake up at, like, 11, 11.30, I'd be That's up at, fair. like, 7 a.m. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I'd, I'd wake up, and, like, what I was used to before was, like, waking up at 7 a.m., mm-hmm stretching laying on my acupuncture mat journaling mm-hmm. making this certain breakfast reading mm-hmm. then going to the gym then coming home and then getting into work mm-hmm. like that was my shit right and then when my life got disrupted in the beginning of the year last year right mm-hmm. and it got turned upside down i was like okay i'm in a new spot and i'm waking up and i'm in a different place and Okay, what what's gonna happen? Okay, I'm gonna just get up. I'm gonna just like eat a granola bar and just brush my teeth and go to the See gym. Where the day takes yeah, you well, well, I'd go to the gym right away because mm-hmm. it would it wouldn't be like I have to go to the gym to get this exercise in and then I'd shower at the gym mm-hmm. and then I'd shower there and then I'd get ready and then I, my shit was I was ready to go by like nine a.m. Mm-hmm. and I would I would hop around different, um, like meeting up with different friends, meeting up with different yeah. um at different cafes, I different that. yeah, like but it was so fun and like mm-hmm. I learned through there like I don't need this routine. And mm-hmm. I was so like I remember it was at a time where like dude, if I like if I messed up on something or like I didn't have such a good breakfast, I feel mm-hmm. like it was compromising this. Mm-hmm. You know, like I got into that mode of like dependency. Right. And then I learned how to adapt and in that moment and it's just like it felt good yeah and i learned that like oh i don't really need that so now i do have a morning routine i love it like i, I wake up i like stretch come mm-hmm. down here meditate read um you know do all that go to the gym right mm-hmm. but there's some days where i wake up and like i don't have that time you know like yeah. maybe i wake up in someone else's crib and i don't do any of that yeah if there's only one thing I can do out of all the stuff, then like I feel great and mm-hmm. I'm able to like keep it going. It doesn't affect me so much. Mm-hmm. So I think learning to not be so dependent on the routines I create mm-hmm. that are meant to be productive. I feel like it's the thing I'm trying to learn is balance of like for as free flowing of a person that I am. I'm also very like much a person that doesn't like I don't like indecision i don't like inconsistently inconsistency i like things to be very set i like things to be very like okay this is what we're doing let's roll with it Mm -hmm. if we're already at this point in it there's no going back Mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm trying to learn the middle ground of also being like okay well not everything has to be set in stone not everything is so black and white um and that's a a difficult thing because i'm very much a person that like i just love structure yeah and um, when things don't have that structure, I 
go crazy. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I can I can be a little like that. Too. I was a little like that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to control things that I think that I thought I could control. Mm-hmm. And I learned this thing, um, this diagram. It's like the circle of influence and the circle of concern. Two mm-hmm. circles of life, right? Mm-hmm. Most people operate in the circle of concern, mm-hmm. and they let this circle become very large. And those things that fall into that circle are things out of our control. Mm-hmm. You know, people's opinion of ourselves, traffic, mm-hmm. um, certain perspectives or circumstances of the situation. Mm-hmm. And then circle of influence is like our attitude, our perspective, mm-hmm. our actions, our work ethic, our discipline, like our, the shit that we can control. Mm-hmm. Once I learned that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just focus more on the circle of influence, like what I can influence and just let everything else be cool like you know like i you know and i'm a libra i'm pretty balanced i love balance (laughs) like i strive for balance but i'm never balanced Mm -hmm. that's the thing it's like i just strive for it Mm -hmm. and um i love harmony i love peace um we both love peace but you know what that's what i love about you because you ain't no bitch (laughs) like you ain't no little bitch like like we love to have like that peace within us and 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 with others and everything but like if it gets to that level Mm -hmm. then it's like Yo, let me show you where I'm from. Everything for me, bro, like, and you know this about me, like, everything for me breaks down to principle. Absolutely. A lot of the times it's not what someone did. It's like, well, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And that definitely gets me in trouble sometimes because I feel like I'm so, like, principle-based that when people don't move a certain way, that's when I'm just, like, either ready to go zero to 100 or I'm like, I can't be involved with this person Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I feel like people don't necessarily understand that, like, and this also falls into legacy. My bad. No, you're good. This also falls into legacy of, like, part of my legacy is going to be that I'm a person that did what I said I was going to do and did things in a, a principled way and just didn't, like, ever come at anyone sideways, you know? Yeah. Like, didn't There's not anyone who could say that, like, Aaron did me dirty or, like, he crossed me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't move like that and it's kind of hard for me to accept that people do move like that yeah um it's just something i guess you had to grow up with that I feel you yeah this is a good time for a whiskey break <laughs> this is um because i feel that and i'm gonna just take a take a new refill okay <laughs> so we'll be back in three two one and we're back better than ever whiskey always makes us better Better men, mm-hmm. right? Debatable. I want to, I want to, <laughs> most of the time. I want to ask you, what, how important is it to, you know, have principles, like, and be a principle centered man, woman, person, like, just like operate with a certain set? I think it's everything, right? Man. Like, I feel like if people can't take you at your word, or if people have to question your intentions with what you're doing, how you're dealing with them, it's like, how are you ever going to have any meaningful friendships, relationships, business relationships? You know, like, I feel like, the single most important thing about even just being a creative like people i work with know that i'm not going to be out here like doing anything dirty or behind their back Mm -hmm. and and as a friend that's something that's so important to me like i just question how people don't have that head yeah like yeah and i think it has to be something that you grow up with or something that's instilled with you from when you're young but like I don't know. I don't know how people don't have that. Honestly. Me neither. When I when I operate with my certain principles and I just meet people who have like no principles and shit and it's just like kind of like wandering or they mm-hmm. like they'll do anything and I'm like, fuck, you don't have no guidelines, no mm-hmm. boundaries for yourself. Like, nah, like, no, that's that does not fall into my yeah. but you parameter. Know, 
I feel like a lot of things come down to like, and this is something that I'm like in a heavy stage of in my life right now. Yeah. It's like unlearning. And I feel like there's so many things that like from when we were younger to now, just like principles or something that's learned, a lack of principles or something that has to be unlearned. My bad. No, you're good. Has to be unlearned. And um, that's like a big motif in my life right now. It's just like unlearning things that I previously didn't see a problem with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a, yeah, I, I hear you on that. I've had to unlearn so much. And I feel like I look at it as like cobwebs. Mm-hmm. Like you're just kind of going through the cobwebs mm-hmm. and just kind of unlearn. And like, you know, sometimes the way you grow up can influence oh, yeah. the environment, the people you're around. And then like it, it's such a slippery slope because I've this is just shit I've had to deal with where it's like as I become more aware of myself and the world and mm-hmm. operations and systems of thought and then i like look at like family dynamics and i'm like fuck why'd you teach me this like what mm-hmm. and then there was like resentment built and i had to go through the resentment and like break through that and then mm-hmm. learn about forgiveness myself like on my own of like yo i gotta forgive you because you didn't you you were operating with your own like systems that you learned and mm-hmm. inherited and it's just like this slippery slope so the best thing that i've learned is like just just break the cycle. Yeah. Break the I, cycle and be that person. There's so many things that are out of our control that we're dealt with when we're young or whatever. Yeah. But it's just important to know that you don't have to become those things or stay those things. And I'm like so heavily on this belief of just like being a good person is dope. Yeah. And I don't understand when people let things that happened to them so long ago prevent them from wanting to be good people. Like I get it, bro. This girl broke your heart when you were four, but why are you still a bad person? You know, you have to learn to let shit go. Like, let that pain go and move on. And that's like, (laughs) that's the biggest thing is like, you don't have to dwell on that shit, yo. Like, I get it that this girl pushed you off the swings when you were seven, but there's still a chance to be a Those were my favorite swings. (laughs) It was my favorite swing set, and I had it with the baddest. You know, like, there's, I always tell people, it's like, there's always still, like, room to be who you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Regardless of what the circumstances. Obviously, those circumstances are very minor and very joking. But, like, there are people that went through so many hardships. Mm-hmm. Adversity. And, and there's still room for you to turn it into whatever direction you want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to believe. You yeah. just have to be willing to want it, you know? Yeah, be willing to want it, put the work in, go through the adversity. I think, personally, for me, adversity is, like, where people find out who they are mm-hmm. they find out their that's where their character is made mm-hmm. and created and you understand like th- okay when it when the shit gets hot and fucking times are tough like i'm here yeah and i can show up and i've, I've had so many of those moments last year where like i'm so proud of who i am mm-hmm. who i'm becoming i can look in the mirror i can see who the fuck i am i'm not like damn who am i like i'm not in mm-hmm. that zone and that's why i feel so powerful now mm-hmm. and it's through shitty times and it's through adversity and not being a fucking bitch and complaining and being like oh woe is me and not losing your principles don't lose the principles have the north stars yeah i feel like people have this belief sometimes that it's like well if i act in these ways it's like i'm cold-hearted and i'm this shitty person it's like i'm immune to being hurt it's like no like no you're losing out so much bad people could still get hurt good people could still get hurt but the difference is a good person is not gonna let being hurt deter them from doing what they know to be right facts Um, Facts. when others go low we go high yeah if you're so easily 
deterred from what you know is right, then you got some some like some str- strengthening of your mind, strengthening of your principles to do. You yeah, know? a lot of people gotta strengthen their mind. Mm-hmm. I think like I look around, not a lot of people are mentally strong mm-hmm. these days. They they get broken from a lot of superficial shit. Mm-hmm. You know, other people's opinions, um, the environment, social media, just. Yeah, but what they think of themselves, mm-hmm. and it's just like sometimes the biggest critic that you're you're fighting is like just yourself. I feel. Uh, yeah, like that's I, your biggest failure. I know all about that, and I yeah. I'm definitely on the side of like being broken is not weak. Staying broken is weak. There's oh. been a lot of times where I felt broken, but at the end of the day, like I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like it's not anything that's gonna stop me from doing what I know I want to do. Like I have too many goals in mind, things I want to do in life to stay broken from anything. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um that's that's what it is like that's what anything ever is is like i feel like it's cheesy as fuck but i keep going back to the trying my best thing you know like you're not gonna stay broken if you're trying your best mm-hmm. you're gonna rebound you might fail a couple times um that just reminded me of something completely off topic yeah um what was it this is gonna segue into a completely different conversation segue it's about kobe <sighs> the other day i Rest watched um his Muse documentary that came out right around the time he was retiring. And the last line of that documentary, like, got me so bad. What do you get? The last line of the documentary. He goes, my brain can't process failure. I will not allow myself to accept failure as an option. If I have to choose between failure and death, I'd rather die. Mm-hmm. And that's how the documentary ends. And that's, Fucking like, the eeriest Kobe, thing man. I've ever heard in my life, man. Yeah. Like He just... Different type of fucking animal, but are you? That but are you the thing. same animal? Or di- what was it? It's the same D- animal different animal, but the same, same beast? beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fucking love that, man. Yeah, Kobe, man. man, rest in peace, brother. That's that is a truly uncommon person right there yeah, that man. reached uncommon levels. There's of human never going to be another potential. Kobe Bryant in absolutely in not. Our absolutely not. And he just had that from lifetime. the go. They're yeah. like, oh, are you going to be the next Michael Jordan? He's like, I'm Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, boom. Like, once he said that, I was like, yo. <laughs> man, that, I mean, since we're on it, I mean, what, is, what, what, what does Kobe mean to you, man? I mean, let's just, let's just honor the man for a bit right now. So this is definitely, like, a very deep topic for me. Like, I've been a Lakers fan since I was five years old. Yeah. And Basically um, for as long as he for played. For as long as he like, played. When he retired, yeah. I was 20, and he had played 20 years in the league. So yeah. I didn't know much of a life without Kobe. Kobe and um my brother put it like really well in a way that I wasn't able to um really put it in words at that point when it first happened he was like when we were growing up um our grandma and our uncle who passed away but were very big parts of our lives she was like they had magic they had Kareem, they had Worthy, that was their Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. For us, we had Kobe, we had Shaq, and we grew up, like, every kid in L.A. wanted to be Kobe in some aspect, every you know? Kid. And um, I think for most kids, it was probably their first role model or probably the first person that they aspired to be. Like, I know me growing up, that was a big part of the reason I started playing basketball, wanted to do any of that and, like, go on the court, count down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, shoot it, and you yell Kobe, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that's even to this day subconsciously where I have a bit of that work ethic where it's like no one is going to outwork me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the first person I ever seen with that is Kobe. So it first came from a thing of like 
okay, we're seeing this awesome athlete, this competitive drive. We're seeing just like a true level of commitment to what you do. Mm. And then as we got older, we saw Kobe the human, especially after he retired, Mm. where his life became about his family, his daughters, just wanting to enjoy his life. Basketball wasn't his life anymore, and he wanted to enjoy it. And um, I think we all knew that whatever he chose to do in retirement, he was going to be successful at. We saw a glimpse of it. He won an Oscar his first year retired. And um, it was just tough knowing that there was so much more to the story that we're not going to get to know, you know? Yeah. Like, there was no limit to what he was going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we all just assumed that he was going to be like how Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are just like chilling out at today's games and, and just royalty to the NBA at this point. Mm-hmm. I think we all just saw Kobe growing old. And and um, especially with his with Gigi wanting to follow in his footsteps and play basketball, like it was just going to be so, so much fun to watch that journey. And... Um, we just got deprived of it mm. for and I think the thing that bothers me or like that's the craziest part is like it's not like he was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing that was his everyday that was his everyday routine you know mm-hmm. like it's not like this was anything out the ordinary he left the house like he normally does and he just assumed he was gonna come home like you know he did all those families that were on that helicopter did um, yeah it's tragedy the world yeah. stood still yeah, for sure. The world sits still. And, like... <sighs> that was the thing that made me start redefining, like, what legacy meant, you know? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Felt like what absolutely. was important, because I'm sure if you ask Kobe in the beginning of his career what was going to be the thing that defined him, it was going to be, I'm going to be one of the best basketball players of all time. And is that something that's in his legacy? Sure. But that's not his entire legacy. His legacy then became about determination, being a hard worker, being someone that was going to do things in the way that he knew he wanted to and needed to. Fearlessness. And, yeah, and like, are we going to remember the the great athletic moments of Kobe? Of course. Yeah. But I'm not going to, what's today's date? I'm not going to remember what he did on February 9th in 2005. Yeah, you know like what I mean? Game show, yeah, like how many points and everything. Like right. That. I don't remember like the points off the top of my head. Exactly. I know he got five rings. and mm-hmm. You know, I know like the big stats and everything. I, I damn sure don't know how many times he missed. Right. You know, and that's like a good thing. It's right. like, yo, when, when a great passes and everything, like, yo, we don't remember how he failed. Mm-hmm. We don't remember the, the, the 15 rings that mm-hmm. he didn't win. But we remember we, the determination, the, the relentlessness. The mindset. Exactly. And, and also, even beyond that, like, just his, his ability to apply himself to what he's doing at the time, the mm-hmm. focus, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's like a God-given focus of just like, damn, I want to have that kind of focus, yeah. right? Of just, like, that, that like, eye of the tiger, like, beast mode type shit. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, this motherfucker did did something and won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And it's Oscar day to day, mm-hmm. right? He won an yeah. Oscar. And, and his then, first, like, creative endeavor. Like, yeah. it wasn't like he had been at it for a long time. It was, like, oh, the first no, thing that he, he did. did that. And he's just a good example of just all-around human excellence mm-hmm. to the highest potential. He reached that, mm-hmm. and he was going to continue reaching that. It was a travesty, travesty that... We, we lost him. Yeah. It, um, his family lost him. His family lost their daughter. It sucks. And I think it's just a good moment in time in the culture, at least to just reflect on, like, how, how can we be more? How mm-hmm. can we contribute more? How can it, – it's, like it's like a shock of, like, what, what is this life thing? Because, okay, we, we didn't wake up and be like, damn, we're going to lose Kobe. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, 
when are you gonna lose? Like, when are you, when is your time? For you know, sure. like that that shit makes me. Whenever shit like when we lost Nip, mm-hmm. man, I had moments where I'm like, all right, what am I doing with this shit? What am Most I doing with myself? Didn't feel real in the beginning. I didn't, it doesn't feel know? real, no. But it mm-hmm. makes you think that of the. At least it made me think like. Mm-hmm. Impact wise, like what am I doing with myself? What 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 kind of man am I becoming? Who what 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 do I want to leave behind? What right. kind of legacy? What kind of just what what man do I want to be? Yeah. The example of you know what I'm saying. And the whole thing that you just mentioned is like impact. I think yeah. a, a thing for a lot of people, especially with Kobe, was like, why do I feel so much emotion, so much grieving, so heavy for this person I didn't know? But that's just a testament of how much impact he had. Like people who know him and people who don't know him can tell stories about him or yeah. where they were when this happened. Or I remember when Kobe did this. And if that's not a sign of impact to feel that heavy for someone that you didn't know personally, like, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of a legacy is impact. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to know someone personally to impact them. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is going to go into a different segue. Mm-hmm. Different segue. Kobe, we love you, man. Rest in peace, Mamba. Rest in peace, Mamba. So different different um, topic about impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last year when I was in Arizona, mm-hmm. okay, I uh, so I spent uh, thirty days in Arizona. I spent the month of February, right? Mm-hmm. So it was exactly like oh, one year, damn. right? Yeah. So like one year ago, I was in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just spending a lot of time self reflecting, spending a lot of time to myself, hanging out with just one of my buddies that lives out there. I was staying at his place. Mm-hmm. Shout out Jeremy Germs. And um, there was this mountain. He lives next to ASU. Mm-hmm. There was a mountain called A Mountain. That I would climb up like relatively every single morning before mm-hmm. the sun came up. That was like kind of like my goal, my yeah. mission of like, like my own rocky moment. I think I remember you know? seeing you post like stuff. From yeah. That time. Yeah. So I'd I'd wanna I'd I'd ride a bird over there, hike up it for like 12, 13 minutes. It was like a very short but steep hike. Right. Right. And then one morning I was having um, some self reflection up there, talking to God, talking to myself, thinking, very emotional. I was just laying a lot of shit out. Right. A lot of stuffs on my mind. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get up. I go, I turn around and I see um, the, the path that I have to take to go back down. There's a girl um, sitting on one of the rocks on top mm-hmm. of the mountain that I need to pass. And I see that she's reading Four Agreements. Okay. <laughs> Shout out, right? <laughs> four Agreements. And I and I recognize it from the cover. I have 20-20 vision, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, great book. So I'm passing by her and I'm like, I just met, I, I say like under my breath kind of ish. Like, I'm just like, whoa, that's a really great book. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah, like it is. And then she like looks up and she's just like, oh, I'm reading this book because of you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Whoa. Like what? Like, I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, you're Andres Zanelli, right? And she's like, yeah, I follow you. I follow mm-hmm. you on Instagram. And I'm like, oh shit. I was like, what's up? And like, I shook her hand and everything. And then she's like, yeah, like I, I you recommended these books the other day. And like, this was one of them and I bought them. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading it, and and um, my friend Germs was there, and he was just like freaking out. He's like, "Dude, the omens, dude!" Because we were we were reading the Alchemist, and like yeah. they talk about the omens, Good and book. he's he's freaking. Yeah, another great book, another great book, and uh, he's freaking out and everything. And uh, I'm like, "Whoa, hey, what's up?" So like, I was, I talked to her for a little bit, right, and then I like left, and then went on a run for later that day, and I was just thinking, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I'm over here just. I, I think I had just dropped the first episode of the podcast maybe at that time. Maybe mm-hmm. it was like a week before or a week after like because I dropped yeah. it in Arizona. But up until that point, I was just doing what I've been doing, like fucking videotaping myself in my car like a weirdo, talking <laughs> these random thoughts that are on my head yeah. um, as I go to the gym, you know, on my way to the gym. And I'm just, you know, I don't have no criteria, no script, no nothing. I'm just like talking, talking, talking. Mm-hmm. 
And like, whoa, it transcends borders and it's like reaching people, impacting people across states, mm. causing them to take action just off my just recommendation. Just, just because I'm sharing. Themselves. Yeah, just because yeah. I'm sharing myself, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, whoa, I'm impacting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I have a responsibility at this moment. And it's like kind of shifted something in me. Like, I'm going to start taking this a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And now, I mean, that's what this podcast is. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have this podcast now so I can... I can speak, mm-hmm. you know, even when it's just me, my own thoughts, my yeah. own perspectives, my own philosophies, just share with people. codes of conduct, principles, mm-hmm. um, game, however you want to call it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Big homie, little homie. And then have people like you, have people like Hannah, have people, more people around mm-hmm. me that I look at, and I'm like, damn, like, they're doing something. It inspires me. Yeah. And if people who listen to me are inspired, then I'm pretty sure they're going to be inspired by the people who inspire me. Yeah. So I'm going to share y'all. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like, yeah, this is impact even, for me. Even like this what podcast. you're saying right now is like a kind of a feeling too that's like kind of been in my attention recently also. And you even kind of mentioned it to me when I was doing the process of like the magazine and everything mm-hmm. where you were like, man, it seems like you're kind of like sharing a lot more of yourself like yeah. with your work and everything. Yeah. And I feel like in the process of it, I had a lot of people that, like, for me, I just kind of think it was, like, this is what I wanted to do. I'm doing it for myself. Obviously, like, the intention is to share with everyone, but I didn't think about it more than that. Mm. And it was kind of a strange feeling, a lot of people kind of reaching out to me after the fact and being, like, hey, man, like, you inspired me to want to do this. Or, like, now I'm going to start my own project. Or, like, people that were at the event were, like, hey, man, you're the reason why I started taking photos. Mm. And I guess sometimes it's easy to forget that things that you do intentionally or non-intentionally have impact to people and i don't i I tend to sometimes feel like i'm not doing enough yeah like just in anything like i'm just like there's something i could be doing right now and i'm not doing it but when you have those moments you're like okay maybe the goal that i'm set out to achieve is like it's inching it's getting closer because if one person was just impacted by it that's that means everything you know Mm. yeah and um I feel like that's something that's important for me going forward is that with any of my work, I've never really thought about myself being like necessarily tied to it. Like me as a person, me as a creative, haven't always necessarily been one in the same. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that was more so me not 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 wanting to, but not necessarily knowing how to share which parts of me are in my work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like thinking about it, it's kind of hard to fully understand my work if you don't understand me. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm making more of an effort to just like be more open with conversations like this or if I'm sharing stuff, just kind of giving more of a background to it Mm -hmm. and why it's important to me as opposed to before just being like, here it is, it's in the world, take it, you know, like, I feel like I have to, it's my responsibility to kind of share my story a little bit more mm-hmm. and share why things are important to me. Yeah, I've been noticing that for yeah. sure. And I think that's dope. I think people recognize it and they empathize. For that's sure. good. I've been, I've been trying to do that too. You know, sometimes I can be it's tough. same way. It's yeah, tough. it's tough. It's, you know, you're like, hey, <laughs> like it's, it's easier to kind of sometimes share work mm-hmm. than to share yourself. It's 100%, 100%. Yeah. I'm definitely like, more comfortable just being like here it is mm-hmm. and i'll draw back from it than being like here's the full backstory you know yeah. like but i need to and that's something i'm making an effort to do yeah i i agree with that i agree with that so we were talking about high school you right mm-hmm. high school aaron mm-hmm. is there some advice you would give to high school aaron 
to your younger self? Yeah, don't be. I give this to my my current self because it's still an unlearning process. Yeah. But I would say, don't be so hard on yourself all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. I've never so much been affected by what people say about me. Mm-hmm. I'm affected about what I say about me or what I think I need to be doing better. Yes. And I can be. I wouldn't use the word perfectionist because I know that nothing is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But I do hold myself to a very high standard and sometimes an unrealistic standard, whether that be in my work as a person, how I want to like treat others. And, and I just need to not be so hard on myself and let myself know that I can make mistakes and that's going to be okay. I'm going to learn from them and, and give myself that room to be like, you know what, I fucked up and I'm going to figure it out next time. You know, mm-hmm. that's, the advice that would probably be relevant from then all the way to now. That's advice I could use too. Like my younger self, especially, I was like, just don't be hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Just don't be such a little dickhead. <laughs> I was, a, I was, a, yeah, man. It was, it was funny. It's, um, uh, it's weird to think about because like we're the same versions of ourselves, right? And so some of those things are always going to exist, but the unlearning has to happen. You know, and I don't think it's bad to want to strive for that level, but you also can't beat yourself up when you fall a little bit short. You just got to learn. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the lessons I'm learning now. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <sighs> My man. You can ask me questions. This is a conversation. This is an interview. Um, what do I want to ask you? It's difficult because I feel like there's a lot of things that we talk about like already yeah um i feel like my question is always like what's the next thing we're gonna do to take over the, the world like yeah. what, what's our next big play ar technology <laughs> you know what's funny that's uh. like the thing in life that like i feel like is the next thing i want to study anymore i've been studying anymore i, I want to yeah. do like software developing and uh-huh. i feel like the next thing that's gonna be like the future is like AR. Oh, for sure, know? for sure. AR, um, any kind of cryptos, I believe, are, are here to mm-hmm. kind of experiment with, stay around. Um, as far as tech goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also interested in like real estate, mm-hmm. property, boring shit, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like like like, like yeah, investing money into that. Yeah. Um, you know, growing a portfolio, mm-hmm. taking over the world. Because when I say think, well, okay, when you say take over the world, what do you mean? Uh, like like impact the world, impact like, the like, world like, like how do you want to impact the world reach the things that we have talked about so many times about yeah. achieving and just giving leaving our fit our footprint on yeah everything. i look at my life in phases mm-hmm. and i feel like right now i'm in phase uh two two is expansion mm-hmm. right so like phase one was like building the foundation i have a pretty solid foundation as of right now mm-hmm. and like there's different levels to the phase so like i'm on level one phase two mm-hmm. right and then there's going to be level two phase one right you know right so got to rebuild foundation mm-hmm. but i feel like okay i am 26 <laughs> i'm nine years old Why technically nine? i'm nine years old at 17 years old I made like a dramatic shift in who Zanelli is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I said, like I mentioned earlier, like I was like a little dickhead, like in you know school and everything, and like I wasn't like the most studious, and I mm-hmm. just like didn't apply myself, and it could be for many number of reasons that I haven't gone to therapy for, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> just slide I, that in, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, from my own analysis, I think I just wasn't um, challenged and stimulated in a way that excited me mm-hmm. and made my curiosity run right. Mm-hmm. So at 17, I got in um, a really bad car accident and I spent the night in jail. I woke up, I went home and everything. And then I, re- I read a book. I read The 50th Law. It's from mm-hmm. 50 Cent and Robert Greene. Robert Greene, 48 Laws of Power, Laws of Human Nature, mm-hmm. Mastery. Really great author. And he teamed up with 50 Cent to write The 50th Law. It's about fear. Mm-hmm. So I started understanding fear and the role it had in my life. And I remember I read the whole book in a day. I just felt like I was, like, in such a weird, like, twilight zone of, like, I just got in a fucking bad car accident. Mm-hmm. I almost got a DUI. I was under the influence. You were arrested. Of, I was arrested. Like, I, I just, a lot of bad shit that could have happened. I blacked out. I could have died. I could have hurt someone. I could have hurt myself. Like, all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. So I was in this weird t- twilight zone of, like, what the fuck am I doing? Because I had just, like, started doing some really dope hustling shit. And, like, I was always, like, hustling some stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. to general, like, oh, wash your car. Like, clean your right. g- g- garden just everything. looking like, to see yeah. whatever ways you can make money. Yeah, you know, like, like I always had that that stick with me of just, like, I want to make some money. Mm-hmm. But, like, in high school, I remember I teamed up with one of my buddies who saw, like, some potential in me. Mm-hmm. His name's Cher. And he was like, yeah, man, like, I got this idea. Like, you could be really good at marketing. And I never even thought about marketing at mm-hmm. that point. I, I, I was an artist. Like, I did graffiti. I did... Mm -hmm. cartoons drawing i was going to go to san francisco for illustration graphic design Mm -hmm. i was like i was set like i got accepted right Mm -hmm. and then um he he was like yeah i'm going to do this this thing where i'm going to make this product we're going to put the high school's name on it Mm -hmm. um get it from china 80 cents a piece sell it for 20 bucks i was like what do you need from me he's like just put down put down like 300 400 bucks i sold my dj i had turntables (laughs) You're some, all in on it. Yeah, I had some PT 2000s mm-hmm. and um, sold the mixer and everything. I went in and I sold them and I, I was like making money. I was hustling. Like I was making like a lot of money at that time, you know? And I was just like, whoa, what the hell? Like I, I can do something with this. And like I, I discovered this like business acumen that I didn't know I had. And I mm-hmm. started reading some business books and I was never reading. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I started listening to business people and listening to Tony Robbins and listening to like all these different influential people and started going to Beverly Hills and like like yeah. hanging around, you know? Being around the stuff that you knew you But wanted. I was still like a, doing criminal shit <laughs> that we'll talk about. But I was like being a knucklehead and just doing like just stupid shit that's like going to fuck up my life, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just like, all right, I'm like in a limbo. Like I'm sitting on a fence. I got one leg on this side, one leg on the side. I'm going to choose. Either I'm going to continue doing this or I'm going to continue doing this. So mm-hmm. I made a choice. And I buckled down. I got a little bit more focused, and I started taking shit more seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say I'm nine years old, because like I feel like seventeen. That's when the unlearning really started happening. Yeah, and I became a new person. So I feel like I'm so new with my life that like I'm still like motherfuckers look at me and they're like, "Damn, dude, you you've done that? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you done that? I mean, maybe they have. I don't know. They at least to my face, they're like, "Whoa, that's pretty impressive, right?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Dude, I'm on level two of like a thousand levels. Yeah. Like I know what I, where I can take it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to taking over the world, this is a long explanation of but it. But right? that wasn't going to be a short answer. No, there's so many layers to it. Yeah, layers. Um, I just feel like I'm in the fucking beginning, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm just getting started. 
and I feel fucking hungry, ambitious, motivated, driven, mm-hmm. um, clear. I have clear focus. Like yeah. I have clear vision. When I have, when I say I have twenty twenty, motherfucker, I got a third eye between my two <laughs> eyes. Like I can see shit that others can't see, mm-hmm. and I feel so good about that because I think that's like just my God given gift. Mm-hmm. I can't sing, I can't dance. I try to. Tequila <laughs> tries to tries to get me to dance. But, motherfucker, my gift is, like, I, I have vision. I'm mm-hmm. a fucking true visionary when it comes to shit. And, like, I'm building blocks right now. Like, this podcast alone, yo, a couple couple hundred people listen to it. I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. Love that shit. A couple years down the line, it's going to be, like, five million people are going to be listening to this. Mm-hmm. I ain't quitting. Like, I ain't stopping. Like, I'm going to yeah. be delivering. This is just, this is the second one. Second, I don't think you know people realize that, like, the most key, there's two key ingredients, in my opinion, to getting to where you want. Yeah. It's consistency facts and it's likability and what i mean by that is i had a teacher tell me this when i was in film school he said when you're working on a project are they going to want to work with the person that is the most talented but the fucking pain in the ass and no one wants to have around or maybe the person that has to do a little bit more learning as they go but they're a joy to be around you don't mind teaching them what they have to learn you don't mind maybe them not being as knowledgeable because they're just a joy to be around. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that stuck to me. And, you know, in my brain, I feel like I can have both because I do take what I do very seriously. I'm always learning, always studying. So I don't think a lack of knowledge will ever be um, an issue. But I, what I mean by that is, like, when you're... And this all Everything comes back to just being a solid human being. Like, good when person. you're a good person, people are going to want to have you around, feel the need to want to have conversations, get to know you. And people don't realize how much that comes into play. You can be the most talented person, but if you treat people like trash, no one's going to want to do anything with you. With some exceptions. With some exceptions. Steve Jobs. (laughs) (laughs) So the good thing with Steve Jobs is Steve Jobs was at a point where he like needed people, but he didn't really need people. Yeah. It's kind of like a Kobe too. Mm -hmm. Because like the likability, I mean, I guess like it was like more of an admiration than likability. And I think even people with Kobe could see like, okay, this this guy's whole thing was winning and Mm -hmm. he was going to do what it took to win. Mm -hmm. And I want to be with that person because I know he's going to do what it takes to make it happen. And I like that. Yeah. I like that because that's like, I like winning. Yeah. That also comes down to like, leadership styles i think for sure different oh man that's what i'm learning when it comes to leadership you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying i'm learning i'm like trying to sharpen my sword on leadership Mm -hmm. i feel like the three things for me like for for like winning long-term impact everything would Mm -hmm. be like sacrifice sacrifice for show you gotta sacrifice shit you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying god hey nah i'm sorry i want to hang out i'd love to but Mm -hmm. i can't right now gotta say no right i'm saying consistency consistency compounds i mean like it's just it's fucking science like Mm -hmm. you just consistency compounds Mm -hmm. if you are not consistent you will not fucking win right facts and three is just disciplined hard work Mm -hmm. that's it like you just work hard work hard and many and and working hard can literally be thinking hard Mm -hmm. thinking is work you know thinking strategically Mm -hmm. implementing strategies implementing operations systems putting people in play Mm -hmm. it's hard work managing yeah leading i think a a thing too is like well for me personally is accepting a certain leadership style Mm -hmm. right for me i've always been a person that like like when i talked about that i wasn't the best student or it was the the best thing 
I wasn't a nightmare to anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I never got in trouble. My parents never had to come down to the school because I was acting a fool. I just didn't want to do the work. That being said, all my teachers loved me and all my classmates. Uh, like I said, I'm still friends with them to this day. Yeah. And I feel like it took me a while to realize that, like, and you know this about me, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be shy, but I'm very selective, very selective. Um, reserved is the best word. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I could have a conversation with anyone about anything, but for me, I really pick my spots. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that, like, whether I liked it or not, my leadership style is that I'm going to do something and show you rather than be like the loudest in the room because that's just not me yeah. and me trying to be anything other than that is not genuine yeah yeah um i see that in you for show and and so that was something that i had to accept is that like whether whatever reasons is that i have a way of just leading by example and yeah. i need to embrace that more yeah and um not the easiest thing when you're kind of just like you don't think about those things at first Mm -hmm. but i think we all have our own like responsibilities and and our own um what's the word i don't know like it's just my purpose to just Mm -hmm. be able to inspire other creatives inspire that kid who doesn't know what he wants to do or maybe has felt different emotions that he doesn't understand yet you know and i feel like my leadership style has to now account for that Mm -hmm. and i like that it's about being aware of yourself like you know like that's that's your that's your mojo and like you got to go in on what works for you you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. me i can be the last in the room you know that like you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like i i can speak and but i be quiet too you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying it depends on the room i'm selective i'm I'm reserved you gotta know know what i'm saying yeah but like i like that like i remember when i was serving tables at this at this one restaurant right it was like a steakhouse it was like a very like you know, bougie ass steak, like a Mastro's, but it mm-hmm. wasn't Mastro's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I remember I served Master P there. That's so random, Bruh. All right, so I know Master P. Shout out Master P, man. I remember I was he working get at the a respect. Oh hell, he bro, this man has done so much. Mm-hmm. He was in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, I remember um, I served him when I was working at a luxury movie theater, the type that where like you could, like press a button and a server comes. Mm-hmm. And I served him, and I was just like, "Hey, you a legend!" Like, I just want like recognize like you are a legend he's like thank you sir mm-hmm. and like you know that was it and i remember i served him again and he remembered me so i just want to say that okay hey, <laughs> whatever i was so i was at i was at this restaurant i remember i was talking to this gentleman this older dude right and he actually owned a lot of um property in my hometown mm-hmm. and i remember i forgot how the conversation sparked but i was clearing the table and i'm talking to him and he was just like so what are you doing right now? Like, like you go to school? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to school. He's like, so what do you like? What's your degree in? I'm like, business. He's like, mm-hmm. cool. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, I want to be an example <laughs> of greatness. <laughs> and, like, and he just like cracked the biggest <laughs> smile. And he was like, I like that. And I was like, yo. And I just ran with it from there. Like it just came to me. Like yeah. I'm like, I just want to be an example of greatness. Like mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing, and like lead that inspiration and like lead from the forefront, like be that leader by example type thing. Mm-hmm. But I also be talking like I yeah. my, 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 my shit is just like, yo, I'm going to be cocky as fuck with my words. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be confident as fuck in like my actions, my work ethic, my preparation. But if I whether I win or lose, I'm going to be humble. Like yeah. I, I am humble in my victories. I am humble in my defeats. Like, yeah, I can take that L. Mm-hmm. I used to be scared of taking L's, too. I, oh, I used course. to be scared of failing, failing, mm-hmm. like, like, um, like when it comes to like a blank paper, right? Mm-hmm. Doing art growing up, 
I would be much better at like drawing on a paper like this with like lines and dotted shit and like, you know, like just like a regular fucking journal, right? And I can mm-hmm. just draw the best shit, right? But when it came time to like a canvas or like a, a blank piece of bright paper, I would freeze. Yeah, and it was like this, start, huh? this feeling of fear of like feeling, feeling, I don't want to mess this perfect thing up. Mm-hmm. And then I recently, just recently, I was journaling and it was my first journaling that I had done in a minute. And I was looking at this blank paper and I didn't know where to start. And I just started writing. I was like, I literally was like, I'm, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of messing this paper up. And that's how I started. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I realized like, okay, I fear failing. Mm-hmm. I feel, but why do I fear failing? What does this mean? Right? So I started unpacking the emotions and I learned that from Kobe, mm-hmm. right? To unpack. I was like, okay, f- failing. What does failing mean? Okay. Failing is just not winning, not lear- not getting what I want. Okay. So when I don't get what I want, what else is failing? Oh, it's a, it's a learning experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fear learning. Wait, no, I don't fear learning. I love learning. I'm a curious person. I love learning. I learn every day. I read, I digest new information from different people I love. I love learning. So failing is learning. Then I love failing. Right. And then that like literally like ever since then, like that was probably like two and a half weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I've been operating with a sense of clarity that I haven't operated with in a long time. Like every single day. Yeah. My mind, like I have fog lights. There's still fog there, Mm -hmm. but I have fog lights. And I could see through them motherfuckers. Right. You, you <laughs> mentioned Master P. Yeah. And he has the best um, story I've heard about self-worth and betting on yourself. You probably have heard it. <sighs> yeah, absolutely. So he was talking about when, because if you know Master P, he started doing all his selling of his music out of his trunk. Out of the trunk. And he was talking about how at the point in the beginning he was broke. Mm-hmm. And he went with his brother to meet with music executives. I don't remember for which label. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the guy was willing to offer him a million dollars to sign right then and there. Mm-hmm. Master P was like, I had five dollars in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And I looked that man in his face. And I told him no. Mm-hmm. And he, him and his brother, he said, my brother didn't say a word to me. To the whole going from the office to the plane. We sit on the plane. He's like, you're sitting here with five dollars in your pocket. And you turned down this million dollar offer from this man. And Master P looks at him. And he goes, let me tell you something. If that man in that office was willing to offer me a million dollars, I got to be worth at least 10, 20, 50. Why would I take less than I know that I'm going to have be worth at some point? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is, and obviously if you know Master P, you know that man got it now. I, that, that's just game. Right. That's game right there. And I think that was the best example I've ever heard of like, just because someone tells you you're worth something does not mean you're not worth more than that. Oh, facts. If baby. someone tells me I'm worth five million, I know I'm worth a hundred. Motherfucker, I'm definitely worth more than five. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Master P a goat. Master P. Master P is a silent goat. He of doesn't like, get the, the credit. That he he's does. up there with Diddy and Hove. Oh, easy. Yeah. Easy. But like he, like even in my head, I'm like, damn, I'd be forgetting about P sometimes because mm-hmm. he's just silent like he he's almost like an assassin with it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and he we did assassins. everything his way and that's absolutely that's absolutely. the part I love the most absolutely man mm-hmm. I, I respect the Master P's the, the hoves the nips I, res- I have so much respect for Nip man mm-hmm. like just the way he did it um, Kobe, like just you know I'm gonna do it this way mm-hmm. and this is what I believe in and I'm gonna lead by example I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna just talk the talk yeah those are walk and run this motherfucker those are visionaries because you can either yeah. follow a path or make a new one and they're just like forget this pre-existing thing like I love it I'm gonna just do it how I wanna do it facts. and that takes so much confidence in yourself you facts know? facts um speaking of examples like what what example do you wanna be 
If you if you can um, define it in three sentences or less, what example do you want to be? I don't know if I'm going to follow the right guidelines for this, but I'm going to just answer the best way I can. That's a sentence. <laughs> um, someone who never let a circumstance or disadvantage stop them from doing what they wanted to do. Someone who took their responsibilities to leave this world better than they found it mm-hmm. very seriously, which mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And someone who creates things that provoke an emotion in someone, whether it be happiness, sadness, joy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want anything that I make to make people feel something. Because the worst thing that you can be, or worst thing that you can be to someone is uh, indifferent. I would want someone to say, I either absolutely loved Aaron and everything he stood for and everything that he did, or I absolutely hated it and um, I just don't agree with him. And I'd prefer that than for someone to say, I don't really care. You know, he, whatever. Yeah. I don't, that's not what I'm here to do. Good. You're here to be polarizing. Because that's what it takes. Cool. I love it. We're going to be wrapping up right now. And I just want to end it with a few Simple questions, simple okay. answers, right? So in a word or one sentence, Okay. try your best. I'll try right? my best. Favorite book? Uh, Four Agreements. Four Agreements. Favorite movie? Ooh. Um, uh, right now, Moonlight. Oh, okay. Um, film, like video, or photo? Mm. Film. I feel like that's where I'm going to be able to tell my stories in the best way. Favorite color? Gray. <laughs> That's ironic, I know. Uh, favorite food? Hello, guys. Easy. And favorite person whose last name begins with a Z? I mean, I guess it has to be Zanem. Hey, no. there we go, baby. There <laughs> kidding, we go. Kidding. All right, man. It was great having you, man. Course, You're my brother. Man. I love you so much. You are a remarkable, uncommon person. Thank you. You bring so much light to people's lives, and Thank you inspire you. people in many different ways. Thank you. You are on to do great things. I support so you. you. I support so you. you. Thank you. Know, uh, okay, yeah, us. look at this is Aaron, guys. He's the kind of guy that's like, you guys like, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up. Like, you know, it's, you, okay, you, you'd be like, hey, you're great. You'd be like, you're great. It's in, it's <laughs> like, in, okay, uh, you're great. It's in black people's territory, like in our DNA to be like, I'm trying to get like you. No, I'm to get like you. <laughs> guys, you can follow Aaron and everything that he makes and his mind, his journey, his thoughts, everything. Twitter, Instagram, Aaron Rec, A A R O N R E. Yep. Q and right? everything yeah. else at AaronRec.com yeah AaronRec.com and um, follow the podcast Zanelli Talks on Instagram Andres and I, everything will be in the fucking bio baby. okay <laughs> so you, are, you guys already know thank you for tuning in thank you for listening mm-hmm. love you guys love the support thank you guys so much I really do appreciate it we're on to do another one pretty damn soon okay guys Aaron love you later love you guys alright man peace <laughs>